Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 32. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, I am super excited to share this interview with you with my sweet friend, Esther. She is someone who I actually grew up with years and years ago, and I've been following her journey, of course, ever since. Unfortunately, I grew up in a predominantly Navy community, so a lot of my friends over the years were here for a few years and then had to grow away as their parent or parents were reassigned to other duty stations across the country. And Esther was one of those sweet friends of mine, and she has had an amazing journey in the years since, and it has been so inspiring to watch her over the years and all the things that she's done and achieved and the person she's become, and I'm super excited to reconnect with her in this way and to have her share about her beautiful life and all of her wisdom with you. So Esther Ellen is a multifaceted creator and designer passionate about helping small businesses thrive through photography and social media marketing. She especially enjoys creating beautiful visual stories for women-owned brands and capturing the heart and purpose of people through styled images. She is an Asbury University alum who studied art and business and currently lives in Kentucky with her husband and cat, Mabel. She loves traveling, growing her plant collection, frequenting local coffee shops, and listening to entrepreneurial podcasts. We talk about all of those things and much more on today's podcast episode. So thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this interview with Esther. Esther, thank you so much for coming to share on the podcast today. Thank you, Carly. I'm very excited about this. Me too. Okay. Well, we're going to start with the real life round. So why don't you share a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today? For sure. So I guess I should start with, I was homeschooled growing up. So that afforded me a lot of time to explore art in so many different facets. I went to a lot of art museums. (laughs) I tried pretty much everything. I tried glass blowing, drawing, painting, jewelry making, you name it. So that's where art started out for me. It's just always been something in the creative field. And my dream career at that time was to be a fashion designer, obviously. That's the childhood goal. Yes, I would be the next Bear Wing. So moving on from that, I started to do more photography and less of all of the other things. I got a tiny little pink camera. Who knows how many (laughs) megapixels? Like it was probably just the size of your hand. It was rough, but... I got that. I loved it. I moved on to a little bitty Kodak. I was really young at that point. And I loved taking photos of flowers. That was my passion, which obviously macro photography is a whole separate thing. But I started out in that casually. And then I moved to portraits. I would take a lot of photos of my sister. We'd put little styled shoots on. We still do that. She's gorgeous. But that kind of moved me into the world of portrait. And I was like, this is so exciting. It's scary. It was scary for me. I was like, there's so much more that you can manipulate and present in different ways. Like you can't just go and shoot it. You have to plan it. You have to decide. There's so many elements to it. So mm-hmm. I really fell in love with that. And then job-wise, I started working at a small business, a coffee shop in Columbus, Indiana. That was my first job. And I loved it. It taught me a lot. It was very difficult, great hard work kind of training throw you in there. And then from there, I just kept working at different small businesses and I really loved it, but it was all that I knew. And I worked for one business that was not a small business. I went and got a job at Express over the summer because I'm obsessed with their clothing, their blazers, everything. Very me. 
but it was so different from what I had experienced working in small businesses. Mm. And that was really what made me understand, okay, it's not just that I've loved all the jobs that I've had, which I had, but I loved the small business aspect of them and the relationships that you formed with the managers, with your coworkers, especially with your customers. The fact that you could go the extra mile, you didn't have anything stopping you from doing that. So that was where a small business piece fit into my puzzle. And then I had that photography piece and then I chose Asbury University for my college. I know a lot of people that do art don't necessarily pick college, which I think is amazing. There's so many different ways to get to creative careers, but I fell in love with marketing here. Lots of social media, lots of digital (laughs) marketing in the creative marketing sphere. So I graduated in December where I ended then. And I worked at a boutique and then I felt like, you know what, now is the time to go full time. I'm going to put everything in one basket. I have so many different pieces that have fit into that. And yeah, that's where I'm at the moment. I love it. And that is such a good overview too of all the different directions I want to take this interview because you have so many skills in so many different areas. Plus you're just such a creative person and you have such a beautiful life. Okay, but let's start with photography because that is something that clearly you're an expert in, whether it's headshots or more of the stylized shoots or the brand photography, it's all beautiful, everything you do. But I know that so many people are terrified of having their photo taken, whether it's family photos or their own personal headshot. Why is that? Why are people so afraid of having their photo taken? Yes, that's a great question, Carly, because I would almost put myself into that category as well. That's why you're behind the camera. (laughs) Exactly. That's why I'm behind the camera. People put me in front of it sometimes and I'm like, this is good for me. I need to be in front of it every now and then to remind myself how people feel when they're in a photo shoot. Like it's uncomfortable and you're like, wow, I probably look like trash right now, which obviously you never do, but it's nerve wracking to not see what's being taken and to not know if you're being awkward, if you're posing weird. So yeah, I think people are terrified sometimes because they're worried about being awkward. Mm. That's an obvious one. But then also sometimes people aren't comfortable with the way that they are at the current moment, Mm. which I completely understand. Like I'm a little fluffier than I was when I graduated high school, but I think you have to push yourself to be uncomfortable and to recognize when you're looking back on those photos, they're going to mean so much to you. And you're going to realize, wow, like I looked really good then when in the moment you're looking through those and maybe half of them, you think, wow, I don't look good in these at all, but you look back on them and you don't see all of those imperfections in the current moment you're hyper-focusing on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Time gives you a really good perspective to look back on those things. And what you mentioned about being okay with being uncomfortable, that's such a powerful thing for business owners, especially And they're people who need to have those nice headshots and probably do more of the branding stuff too. And it's such a perfect microcosm too, for them to practice so much of that discomfort that comes with having a business and starting business and growing business and running business and interacting with your customers. That's such a regular part. And this is just one more area where you get to practice stepping outside your comfort zone, (laughs) getting in front of the camera. Yes. Yeah, it can definitely be uncomfortable. So what can people do? It's nice to be like, okay, I'm just going to be uncomfortable. And that's what it is. Is there anything else they can do Mm -hmm. to be less fearful of getting in front of the camera or make the situation a little more comfortable? 
for sure. I think a huge part of it is who you have taking your photo. Mm, for example, true. when I was looking for a photographer for my wedding, there were so many people that had incredible portfolios and I loved their work, but then I would either get on a call with them or even through email, you can get a lot of someone's tone mm -hmm. through email or text and their personality was just very different than mine. Not in a bad way, just we didn't mesh super well. And so I think if you find a photographer that you feel very comfortable with, or even if you don't know them, that you feel like maybe you have similarities, you resonate in some areas, then it'll be more of a comfortable experience because you know you have some more banter with them. Mm -hmm. You feel more of a connection. You're more relaxed. You're not tense and terrified the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think making sure that you find someone that you really connect with. And if you want to start out with having a friend, going out with a friend and taking pictures of each other, maybe that mm. feels less pressure for you, then you could do that to work up to it. But I think finding someone you connect with can help a lot. Is social media the best place to start looking for photographers? I think currently, absolutely. Yeah. If you Google, it's kind of like, okay, you're going to get who has the best SEO on their right. website, which is amazing. They're putting in the effort. I need to work on mine <laughs> for sure. But on Instagram, you can see more of people's everyday personality as well, like through their stories, through videos, direct messages. You can get in contact with them too. So it's the one-stop shop. It is. Yes. So what can people do when they are in front of the camera to look their best or to do something that does maybe feel awkward, but actually doesn't look awkward as opposed to the thing that they would normally do, which does look awkward, even if it feels normal. Like what, yes. what do they do <laughs> to look good? Yeah. I think about this frequently because a lot of people ask me about posing and they say, okay, are you going to pose me the whole time? Do I have to know how to pose myself? And I think it's a delicate balance because if you're overposing someone, they're going to look uncomfortable and you're going to be able to tell that they're not being natural. But if you give them no direction at all, then they're really uncomfortable. They feel like a fish out of water, like someone please help me. So I think that there is a balance between posing and not posing that will help you look your best because mm -hmm. it's the in-between moments that I personally really enjoy capturing. Yeah. So if you're having any sort of movement, if you can just move, even if it feels awkward, if you're moving, it's going to be movements that are natural to you. And then your photographer can get those in between moments that seem really genuine. Mm -hmm. And then also a second thing I would say is what you wear is very important. Obviously Ooh, it can either empower you, you can feel confident, you can feel like this is my best self that I'm putting forward, or you can feel like maybe you went a little too far out of your comfort zone outfit wise. And so then you're uncomfortable and then the photos are going to reflect that. So I'd say solid colors, outfits mm -hmm. that you have worn multiple times that you feel good in and nothing that's overly trendy or you're going to hate in a year or two. And that makes so much sense too, especially if you're in a comfortable environment with someone you're comfortable with, you actually feel comfortable. You're not hot or cold or the dress is too tight. Yeah. Then it's just going to be so much more fun. For sure. Then it's just a hangout session and you get art afterwards. Right. Then there's like just a maybe a camera process. involved. Should yeah. you express your photographer, if I'm doing something awkward, tell me, or is that something that most photographers will just do to be like, oh, your hand looks a little weird like that. <laughs> That's probably, oh, I don't know. I don't tell someone generally when okay. they feel awkward because if you do, then, then they're more self-conscious self yes. about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, the light's not really working here. Ne never anything directly related to them. Right. Like, oh, okay. you look awkward. Let's shift that. So, okay, the lighting, maybe let me switch sides. Like mm. I'll switch sides. Not, oh, this is not a good angle for yeah. you. <laughs> then not you're your good side. <laughs> yeah, not your good side. So it's 
I think that's kind of part of a photographer's job is to not make it reflect on the person. Mm-hmm. Because well, and that's we what you're have... the expert in. <laughs> well, you know how to make anyone look good. Yeah. <laughs> and the lighting. Everyone and... naturally looks good. You just that's have true. to find it on, on camera because... I know for myself, sometimes it doesn't, it can't be found very easily, <laughs> <laughs> but it's always in there. We all have, it is always in life. there. 100%. Is that your favorite part of photography is capturing that about someone or their personality or the, helping them identify a brand? What is it that you love so much about photography? I love so much of it. Probably the styling is my mm. favorite part because I spend a lot of time before a shoot trying to get to know someone, asking them a lot of questions, whether it's for their brand or if it's a senior session, portrait, headshot, whatever it is, getting to know them and then trying to take what they've told me and style it so that what they're hoping to display can be displayed. Because I think mm. sometimes when people, they, they could already have professional photos, but even if they don't, you're wanting to show yourself the way that you want to be and the way that you feel like you are. And that doesn't always come across. Mm-hmm. So I'm, when I'm able to style someone and they look at it and they're like, this is more than I even was hoping for. This was better than I ever expected. That's really rewarding for me because I feel like, okay, all of this effort and work I put into styling this, it wasn't just me styling what I want to style. Right. It was me styling their personal style, but just elevating it and giving it more of a presence. So that's probably Mm -hmm. my favorite part. Well, and it's so much more likely than for them to love the photos too, because you're capturing them and what matters to them. And that's so cool. I love it. Yes. I love that too. Okay. So you are the bridge too, because you're very cognizant of social media. And I know you've had jobs helping people with their social media. So you're very aware of that space too. And you do some social media management, right? Yes, I do probably 20% social media management, 80% photography. Yeah, so that's fine. You can always change it up, right? Every day is different. Oh, yeah. So in your role as a social media manager, you probably have some ideas of what people can do to make their interactions on social media or the time that they spend on those platforms more positive or more inspiring. So how can people focus on those qualities of social media as opposed to all the negative things we could (laughs) pull out? Yes. That is a great question. I have thought about it specifically in the sense that my husband recently deleted all of his social media, Mm -hmm. everything, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, and my sister uses it very rarely. And for them, it's like a huge weight off of their shoulders. They feel like Mm -hmm. they have more time. They feel like they don't have any negative influences coming in. Whereas for me, that's where I find so much of my creative inspiration. That's where I connect with people. But it has a little bit of both of those aspects, I think. So it comes down to your mindset and how you're approaching it. So I think it's understanding your mindset in the sense that if in a moment you know that it's not going to be a positive thing for you, then you take a break from it. Maybe it's one day, maybe it's one hour, maybe it's one week or a year, (laughs) I don't know. But knowing yourself well enough to know where your mind is at, where is it going to be a creative inspiration for you? Is it going to help you curate the life that you want? Is it going to encourage you? Or is it going to be a negative influence that day or, or feel like a burden, like something you have mm. to do? Oh, I have to check the box. I have to post today. I have to whatever. So I think it's really a mindset thing. I don't know yeah. if that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. So have there been times when you've been like, okay, I have to get off for a little while, or is it something that you have curated to the point where you just love being on social media every day and sharing or consuming or whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. I love it for the most part. 
a lot. The times when I do take a break from it are mainly time-based because mm. it can take a lot of my time away. And then I look up and I realize, <laughs> okay, maybe I made a reel and maybe I posted on these four different accounts that I'm doing, but I also lost half of my day. I should not have spent that much time on that. And then I felt oh, great. That's time wasted. That's time gone. So mm. I definitely, especially with my personal account, with the accounts I manage and the things that I create, that's something that's more worked into my everyday life because I'm doing it right for them as a job, obviously. But for my own account, I'll take breaks whenever some days it'll be, I think it's been a couple of days, maybe four or five since I last posted, which is not, you know, in marketing, it's okay. You need to have a consistency. You need to show up, which I completely believe in. And I think that's really good advice. But if you need a break, take a break. The algorithm, it's still going to be there. Social media is not going away for the foreseeable future. It'll it'll still be there. It'll wait for you. I think people feel that pressure though, especially with something like Snapchat or Instagram stories, like where it's an ever-changing world of content to stay up to date because you could miss someone's pregnancy announcement because you were gone for one day and then it's so far down the feed, you're never going to see it or it was in their story and now it's gone. And then you feel like you're so behind and just overwhelmed with beyond just the sheer quantity. And I think that provide so much of that pressure that you're talking about for people to be on top of it all the time. And so I definitely understand the appeal of stepping away for any period of time. But then I think some people that like compounds the pressure even more to be like, now I've missed so much. Where do I even start? Yeah. With Instagram stories, it's a great point, Carly, because those things do disappear and you feel like you got to hop on them. But specifically for me with Instagram stories, for example, I will take those stories throughout the day just because it's fun. And I love doing it. Whenever the opportunity comes up, I'm like, wow, this would be a beautiful picture. And I take Mm. it, but I typically don't post them when I take them. Mm -hmm. I'll maybe, and maybe it'll be 8 PM at night and I'll post everything from the day and throw it up there. And then that's it. Or I'll post everything in the morning from the night before, or so sometimes they're in the moment, but a lot of times I'll just do them all at once. Mm. because that saves, not that it just saves more time, but it's more freeing, I think, to not have to pause and post in the middle of eating lunch because your lunch was beautiful. You just do that later. And yes, you you make it fit into your day. Right. So it fits into your life and kind of instead of the other way around. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, and so you are so good at having a beautiful lunch or just highlighting beautiful places that you go. I mean, you can be in a Starbucks and I'll be like, how does her Starbucks look that beautiful (laughs) or like what you order or everything. And so you are so talented when it comes to aesthetics. How can other people seek to emulate that in their own lives? Like me. (laughs) That's so sweet, Carly. You have the most beautiful life too. So I don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) but I appreciate your sweet words. I think it's based on your personality a Mm. lot and what sparks joy for you. So for me, I typically post a lot of the same things just because I love it. I post a lot of coffee. I post a lot of plants and sometimes I'll share my photography, even on my personal account, just the things that I love, photography, design, what I'm working on, what I'm reading, what podcasts I'm listening to or who I'm spending my time with. So those are all just things that spark joy for me. And so I think that's how you just have to discover what you love Mm. and then do more of those little things, even if they're little, (laughs) like I purchased, this is random and hilarious, but I went into home goods the other day and I was looking for a gift for a friend, but I found a silver little rabbit. He's just a little rabbit. He's holding a silver bowl. It's very random, but I was like, I love this. This is so unique. I 
it just it sparked joy for me so i got it and it's in my living room and that makes me so happy i've passed that little rabbit maybe four times Aww. and i'm like i love this rabbit it was maybe what 12 dollars, and i wasn't even planning on getting it but i was like this this resonates with my style i love this so i think it's finding little things that you love and even if it's not a big change the little things that you surround yourself with that create that image or that life that you love yeah because another example is you always seem to have painted nails and they're always the most beautiful shade and so that's one of those little things that <laughs> it makes someone look so put together all the time and it's just such a beautiful aspect of something that like when I think of painted nails I always think of you um, oh gosh and I just love that but it's a little thing that I know you love and so it just adds like one of those finishing touches and it's so cool I love that you noticed that, Carly. I did not think that that was an apparent thing, but I, I do really love painting my nails. I always just do them myself, and it's like yeah. a relaxing kind of self-care thing when I'm stressed. Hayden always says, oh, are you stressed? I'm like, yeah, because I'm painting my nails, but it's relieving my stress. And then afterwards, it's like a lasting little happiness because everything yeah. you touch, you're like, oh, my nails look cute today. That's so interesting because I know I've talked on the podcast before about the canary in the coal mine. It's like something you notice yourself doing when you're stressed, and yeah. so there's lots of examples. I think most of us have one of mine is like, I always read Agatha Christie mysteries when I'm really stressed and sometimes when I'm not, but mostly when I'm stressed. <laughs> and so that's interesting too, to have that, but that's so nice because it's like a lingering effect that then can continually boost your mood, especially if it's an ongoing stressful event. <laughs> yeah. It's a mood booster for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. Okay. And I'm also curious going off of what you said too, about finding those things that you love, whether it be spending the time with friends or the plants or the coffee, all of which I love, which is probably part of why I love your aesthetic so much. But I think there's also that idea, especially in the world of social media to be like, well, did you really get coffee if you didn't post about it? Or did you really hang out with a friend if it didn't make its way onto social media? And I think that can be a scary aspect because it does take you so far out of the moment, even to thinking about, well, what am I going to do today that I can post about, even if I save it and post it all tonight. So how do people combat that? Or is that just something that you accept and is okay? Or I don't know. What do you think? Very interesting. So interesting. <laughs> I love that you asked that. I think I consciously, this is just a personal decision. I will consciously sometimes not post about something mm. because I feel like I don't want, I don't want to necessarily, not that I don't want to share it, but it takes away, it does take away a little bit from being present in the moment. Sometimes it feels like it doesn't at all. Like I literally don't even think about it. I'm like, oh, this is so cute. I'm like snapping pictures. I post it. I'm happy. I'm like, this is fantastic. Other times I feel like it would take away from the moment. And I think about it because I think mm. about social media literally all the time and photography and marketing all the time. But I'll think about it and be like, no, I'm having lunch with so-and-so. I could do really cute post of us having lunch. This would be adorable. Brunch spot. Right. But I don't want to because I'm just really enjoying this and I'm in the moment and not everyone needs to know every single person that I hang out with or every single time I get coffee, even mm. though it might look like it or every single time that something is cute in my life, I don't always have to feel pressure to share it. So mm. I intentionally sometimes don't share a lot or I'll just take a photo of it and save it for myself, right. for my own memories mm. and just keep that. I like that kind of that little act of rebellion. It's going to be just for me. Yeah. Or just a little privacy, you know, and not everyone needs to see everything that you're doing in your life. Sometimes it can create a, an image that maybe is not 
accurate to the mm-hmm. full extent. Maybe I'm really, really stressed and yeah, I'm having a great day and there's lots of pretty things in my day, but I'm stressed. Right. So I feel like I really don't feel like sharing any of this right now. It would be cute. People would respond. I don't want to. And also it would make them think that I'm having an amazing day full of beautiful things. When in reality, I'm super stressed, I'm exhausted, and I'm running from thing to thing. So I think maybe that's part of it too. Well, and that brings up another good point. And you're very vulnerable on social media. Like you're not afraid to share things that aren't always beautiful and to talk about hard subjects. So I definitely don't think you shy away from those things, but there are some people who do. Like their life does seem to be all sunshine and rainbows and daisies. And then there are the people who go too far the other way, I think into a little bit of oversharing about every problem. So I get, it is really, of course, personal opinion. And of course, whoever you choose to follow who emulates that kind of social media feed that you want, Mm -hmm. but where do you feel like that line is for you as far as what you're willing to share on a hard day or just in general about tough things happening in the world, as opposed to what you just process on your own? It is a very large spectrum, isn't it? Some yeah. people, you, every oh, yeah. time you pull their story up every day, it's some sort of really deep, either difficult thing that they're going through or just they're talking about something that's very deep and it can mm. just be a, it can be a lot. Or some people, it's always so stylized that you wonder, you're like, is this possible that this is real every day? That this person always looks this good and always, <laughs> is this real? Is this right. Pinterest or is this the person? But I think the line for me is I typically spend probably more time than I should before I post something, especially if it's something that I feel like is a little bit too intense, but it's something that's either highlighting something that I'm going through that's more difficult or a less beautiful part of life, stress or something like that. I spend more time before I post it. I'll like rewatch it several Mm -hmm. times just to make sure it's saying what I wanted to say and that it's not having any sort of subliminal message of, you know, oh, my life. It can come across wrong a lot of ways, especially if there's people following you that don't know you in real life. So I think just pausing and making sure that you're intentional with the struggles that you share and that they're going across the right way. Because even then there are still people out there who are probably going to misunderstand, but if if you're happy with what you shared and the way you shared it and the way it all comes across, then it matters so much less that so-and-so doesn't think you phrase it the right way or, well, they go through that thing all the time. Like then you're still just owning it the way you want to. Yes. I love that Carly. Mm -hmm. Definitely owning it. That's, that's what matters most, I think. Yeah. And I totally agree. I definitely, (laughs) when it's something a little more vulnerable, I watch it so many more times and then you still like, yeah. hover over the post button and then you're like, oh, but I have to do it. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I had a story yesterday. It wasn't even that whatever. Sometimes when you're doing a talking story and you're just like, this is on my mind and you're sharing it, you're wondering, should I share this? Or is this just me having my intense thoughts while I'm driving and I just not share this? So I agree with that. Well, let's talk about that too, because a lot of times I'll be like, whether it's something funny that happened or I'm just kind of processing through and thinking about something and I'll be like, well, that's interesting, but like, nobody cares. Why would I really share that? Even as someone who puts a lot of content out there, I'm still like, does it really matter? So does it really matter? Should you share those kinds of things? Or of course it's ultimately up to the people who share them, but is there value to that? Yes. My favorite thing to think about with that, which I'm moving more towards recently, is what kind of content do I really enjoy Mm. watching? That's so true because it's so great when other people do that. Yeah, I love it. Like I have certain friends, they'll get on their stories and just talk, which for me, I don't necessarily get on and talk on my stories every day. Certainly not every day, you know, every now and then. 
but I'll be curling my hair, getting ready. And I instantly go to those people's stories because mm. I just want to hear them talk about, it could just be their life. It could be a story. It could be anything. And I'm like, oh yeah, sweet. They have seven stories today. I'll just play it and I'll start, I'll get ready. Or it's the same as if someone has an Instagram live or mm -hmm. I'll just play it. And I love that I can hear about them, what's going on in their life, their goals, what they're working towards. But sometimes I don't feel like like, oh, should I be putting this out there? Like you said, is this something people even care about? But I love to watch those things. So why wouldn't I put that out there? Because people that know me will right. likely enjoy it too. And if they don't, that's fine. They yeah, can they can skip through follow. it. <laughs> yeah, or skip. Okay. So one more question about social media. Are I mean, reels are definitely here to stay, it seems. Reels slash yes. TikTok slash whatever else they may be called in the future. Mm -hmm. But is there still a place for photos on social media? My answer, I definitely think there is, but I'm curious what your perspective is. <laughs> I'm with you 100%, yeah. Carly. <laughs> I, when video started coming in, I was like, oh no, is photo going to just get pushed out completely? I was like, this is what I love. This is what I love right. to share. This is what I love to see. But videos are more captivating just because they get your attention and they pull you in. And in the same way, a picture will catch your attention faster than a page with words. Mm -hmm. So I think obviously, like you said, videos are here to stay, but I think photos have a very strong presence as well and they won't leave. There might be a new app that pops up that's mm -hmm. more focus-based, a new Instagram or maybe something else entirely, but I think 100% it's here to stay. It might just change the form that we are used to having it in. Yeah, I think that's true. And I definitely would choose photos over video. If, if the Instagram made you choose, that's definitely the route I would go. Me too. Uh, yeah. Okay. And to sum up our conversation, I think everyone has those things in their life that they love. I'm with you with being friends and plants and coffee and all those things. Yeah. But a lot of people, I think also forget like how much they love those things and they walk past their plants every day and they make their coffee or they stop by the same coffee shop to get it on their way to work. And then they see the same friends every couple of weeks and mm -hmm. they lose the true beauty and aesthetic of those things and how much they love them. So what tips do you have for someone who kind of needs to tap back in to their love for those things because they do love them? Yes. Well, I'll talk to myself here. Okay. <laughs> this is something that I need to work on and have been working on. And that's slowing down, mm. literally slowing down to breathe and take a moment and enjoy those things. I'm a very fast moving person. I run from one thing to the next. I always have a to-do list. I'm very task oriented and whether or not I'm efficient, I'm task oriented. <laughs> um, so when I slow down, it always is like a huge refresh for me and reminds me, especially I get in shopping moods. I'm like, oh, I need to go get X, Y, and Z. I always have a perpetual list in my mind. This would be cute. What if I could add this to my living room? What if I could switch up? I need another pair of shoes. Oh, yeah. Get these shoes. This is a gap in my wardrobe. But then when you slow down and you're like, okay, well, I have things that fill that need or that space and they're beautiful. I love them and I invested in them. Mm. I'm just not being slow enough to understand that they're literally sitting in my house or it doesn't even have to be a material thing, but yeah, I'll light, I'll light a candle when I get home. I love having lots of candles because then I'm not hesitant. I used to be hesitant to light my mm -hmm. candles because I was like, oh, this is a special candle. I love this candle. I'm going to save it because I love it. I'm not going to use it. And that doesn't bring, that didn't bring me any joy. Like I'm right. happy. Yay. My favorite candle is sitting there untouched, but 
<laughs> which sounds ridiculous, but no, but everyone does it. Does everyone does that for something. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Everyone does that. So slowing down, lighting the candle, taking a moment. Sometimes I'll shut all my music off. I love to have music in the background, but sometimes I'm like, I need no music, just need silence. I need to recenter. And then I'm like, wow, my home is beautiful. My space is beautiful. And why would I run out and study somewhere else or work somewhere mm-hmm. else when I was like, I've made this space that I love. So I think slowing down is probably my main thing. That is a great one. And it's something we all can do because life just goes faster and faster. Another one that I think you mentioned earlier that I think is really good and that I find myself using a lot is using photography to bring everything full circle. Yes. To be like, wow, this is a really p- pretty sunset or wow, I love when the light comes into my living room this way or this is a really great cup of coffee. And to just yeah. take that photo for yourself, not to post anywhere, but I think it it triggers that, I don't know if it's the photo first or the thought first to be like, this is a beautiful moment and I want to capture it to remember it because I do love it so much. I love that, Carly. Absolutely. I do that, I think, more subconsciously than anything else. So the fact that you put it into words, I do that all the time. My iPhone is chock full of things like that, just little everyday things that I'm like, I love this. No one might need to see this, but this is beautiful. And it reminds me, the photo itself reminds me of its beauty. Yeah. And when you look back in the future, like those are the moments that you're going to want to remember. For sure. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to the resolution round and talk about goals and resolutions and all the things related to that. But first of all, do you set goals and resolutions? And if so, what is that process like for you? Oh, yes. I love, (laughs) I joke, I love New Year's, which maybe I love. Oh yeah. I love following up with your stuff because I love, even if, even if I don't keep them, it happens. I'm not spectacular at that aspect, but I just love making them the same way that I enjoy Mondays because it's a fresh start to the week. I might feel really exhausted and be a little cranky, but inside I'm like, it's a new week. We're starting over. So yeah, I definitely set goals and resolutions, make a lot of lists. I have my trusty planner right here everywhere with me. (laughs) So that's what I do a lot of my planning with. Mm. So when you're looking out and setting your resolutions, are you thinking about who you want to be at the end of the year? Or do you take from your to-do list? Like what is the end goal of these things? Or how do you conceptualize them? That is a great question. I think I typically do more of a day by day, specifically the night Mm. before I'll sit down and say, okay, I need all of these things to be accomplished. This is probably too much for one day. And then I'll make little checklists. And I know that those little goals are building up to my larger goals. And if they're Mm. not like I'll star the most important things, but if anything is not leading up to my larger goals or it's I feel like maybe it's optional or maybe not mm. that necessary. Then I'll just either X them off completely, delegate them, push them aside till next month, or just add them to a list where it's like, okay, if you have extra time and you feel mm. like it, but this is not really essential to what you're trying to accomplish. Mm. That's a great way of doing it. I love that. What is the biggest goal or resolution that you've set and completed? Probably my senior gallery show that I did for my kind of final art thesis at Asbury. I had, I planned it starting, I think maybe not freshman, probably sophomore year. I started planning, which was way too soon, by the way, (laughs) but it's never too soon when you have the ideas, I think. So I had notebooks everywhere. I had plans. It went through a lot of different phases, but 
essentially it was a lot of work and it's something I'm so glad that I did because it gave me huge respect for gallery people that put on shows the the physical part of it the matting the framing the printing the selection process sourcing all the frames it was far larger than I had anticipated in terms of the scope of it but that's probably my biggest thing that I completed because mm. I was very in the end I was so happy with how it turned out and I really felt like everything came together so I was pretty proud of that well and that was something that it was so fun to witness from behind the scenes on your social media and just seeing everything that you poured into that and how it turned out is so impressive well thank you Carly I really I really enjoyed it and I loved talking about it too I love sharing all the little wild behind the scenes everything that right. went wrong that went into it yeah <laughs> well and lots of very late nights it looked like Oh yeah. Yes, for sure. I was like the finish line is in sight and we're going to get there no matter what. And then we'll take a break afterwards. Yeah, exactly. What goal are you working on right now or goals? Goals. I might give you three goals. I love it. A serious one, an on topic one, and then a random one. Perfect. So on topic, I have really been researching SEO and diving Mm -hmm. more into the analytical side of social media and marketing and looking at those things. So obviously I could outsource that, but I really want to understand it and learn it myself so that I can not only help others with it to a certain extent, but just have a better understanding and yeah, revamp my site a bit. Sometimes you have to put something out there even when it's not the way that you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Yes, which is painful. You're like, I don't want people are going to see this, but you just have to throw it out there. SEO, lots of research on analytics would be an on topic goal that I'm working towards. And then a general life goal would be my mindset and just shifting that. I work on that every year and it comes out in different forms, but you had an episode actually, I think it was on, it was on push energy and pull energy. Mm -hmm. And I was like washing my dishes, listening to that. And I just love thinking about how a lot of the things that I feel like I struggle with it's really just the way that I'm thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And it's a cycle that keeps going over and over or else do the same things. I won't sleep or maybe I'm not taking the best care of myself or my negative thoughts on X, Y, and Z or the limitations I put on my, myself with my business. Oh, maybe this is, this is probably all I can do or this is all I should do. Or mm-hmm. I don't think I, I could never, let's not sign up for this. I don't think I could deliver what they're looking for mm-hmm. and how it's really just, it's your mindset, it's your confidence, it's the way that you approach it, the way that you think about it, and the emotions that are the result of that. So that's a life goal. And then a funny goal that I'm working on is flossing my teeth every day. Ooh, that's (laughs) a good one. Well, it's something that every single time you go to the dentist, literally every year, they ask you, have you floss? Do you floss? And I was like, well, I brush my teeth three times a day, but I like, who has time for who flosses? Yeah. Who flosses? But it's a serious, it's like when people reiterate how you should wear sunscreen for your skin. It's a long-term goal and it's a very tiny thing that you do every day that helps you reach that goal. So I was like, you know what, this year we are flossing our teeth because it takes maybe a minute and it has long-term benefits. And mm-hmm. then when I go to the dentist, I can be like, yeah, actually I do floss every day. So I've actually stuck to that and I'm shocked, <laughs> but it's a really tiny thing, funny, but that's a goal I'm working on. Today. But it matters. And that's, I love goals like that too, because they're such a tiny example. Like it takes a minute, but it's such a great way to practice doing the things you said you were going to do and building that up for the yes. long-term, especially because you're probably not going to see the effects of flossing anytime soon, but one day you will. And 
that doesn't make it matter any less. <laughs> My 80 year old self will think. Right. She'll be so glad. I'm so glad young Esther started flossing. Hopefully. But yeah, it feels good to be like every night you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I accomplished that. It's just a good feeling that makes you okay. I should probably accomplish some more things that are similar. <laughs> well, you do. You do so much. Okay. And every week on the podcast, we encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. So what would you encourage listeners resolve to do? I would encourage people to resolve to focus on what gives you joy, whether it's in your work or entirely separate from your work, putting in just a little bit of effort every day to find something that makes you happy, whether it's coffee or art, maybe you're in a technical field and you don't feel like you have a creative outlet or maybe it's the other way around but just finding something that gives you purpose and working on it a little bit every day mm. and maybe take a picture of it every day <laughs> yes absolutely document yes document what you're doing so you can remind yourself yeah what a fun experiment like I've always mm-hmm. envied those people who like have the project to like take a photo every day and I probably do but not with that intentionality of I want to summarize my year in photos or I want to take a photo of the same plant every day or give my kids every day. I think that's such a cool way to document and look back and remember and just see how much you love your life through the photos that you take. Yes. I love looking through. I can look up pretty much any date and find memories from that day and things that I did. So it's like a visual diary. So yeah, yeah. I love that. Visually document what you're resolving to do. Right. Okay. I love that. And then some confetti questions just to help get us get to know you a little better and wrap up the okay. show. So what time do you get up? I am a bit of a night owl. So I probably get up around nine. Oh, that's great. I love, I love getting up at nine, eight or nine. Ugh, it's like the sweet spot. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Anything yes. earlier than that, it's not my best. When do you do your best work then at night? hundred percent at night. Yes. The later it is, the more Mm. creative inspiration I have, the more I feel like I can't sleep because I'm just like furiously writing down ideas. That's beautiful. And I love that you let yourself do that because some people are like, well, you're supposed to get up early or I'm supposed to go to bed early. But when you are so captivated by creative energy late at night, go for it. Yeah. It just happens. I don't know why it just is that way. That's great. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? probably two different things. I don't, they don't necessarily go together, but my dad always says, he's what's the alligator closest to the boat. I don't remember where Mm. that came from. Maybe it's something I heard while I lived in New Orleans. I have no idea, but basically instead of getting sidetracked by all the little things that aren't as pressing, which Mm. I am very apt to do, he's always, okay, I'll call stressed and it's okay. What's the alligator closest to the boat? What's the biggest thing that's the most pressing. And once you get rid of it, your stress is largely alleviated and then you can focus on the little things mm. so that's, that's one, one. To the <laughs> and the second one would be just the advice that in the grand scheme of eternity the things that feel really heavy on you at the moment most likely aren't going to be that big of a deal mm. like in the grand scheme of things sometimes they are in which case absolutely that heaviness is maybe very warranted, but in the cases that it's not, and you're just feeling anxious or you feel like you have too much to do, 
to think in the future and think, okay, is this, this feels really heavy and overwhelming in the moment, Mm -hmm. but in the grand scheme of things, like no one will remember that I said this wrong or that I was awkward here or that maybe my, this particular photo didn't turn out the way I want it to. And I'm like, it's the end of the world. And they, Mm -hmm. and then they always respond, oh, this is the best photo I've ever received. And you're like, okay, like, why do I worry every time? (laughs) That alligator was so far from the boat. (laughs) Oh, so far. So that would be the second piece of advice. Those are great. What do you do to rest? Pay my nails. Yes. <laughs> would be one. Yes, for sure. So just slowing down. I think I love a good face mask. I love a good book. That Carly, I've yes. always loved to read. And as I've gotten older, I've had a lot less time to read. So when I do get the chance to slow down and read something that I really enjoy, that's very restful for me. And those are things you can't rush. Like you can't paint your nails fast. You can't rush a 15 minute face mask and reading a book is going to take however long it takes you to read the book. So those are great ways to slow down, like to force yourself into that mindset or that moment. Mm. Yes. I love that way of thinking about it. Yeah, it does. I guess it does force, it's forcing me to slow down in an enjoyable way. Yeah, exactly. Because it's what you want. It's helping you achieve the goal that you want. So, okay. I love that. What's your favorite beverage? coffee not probably <laughs> probably an oat milk latte iced latte at the moment maybe with honey and cinnamon but probably just plain mm, I love that that sounds great favorite tv show I'm not a huge tv person actually so I go through phases where I'll watch a couple shows I liked there was one about moms but I don't even remember what it's called <laughs> I love sometimes I'll watch medical shows. They're probably not realistic, but yeah, I don't think I'm just not a big TV person. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. What about the book that has had the greatest impact on your life? That one's an easy one. I would say anything by C.S. Lewis, but specifically probably Mere Christianity. Mm. That one I've reread over and over again. And every time I do, I'm like, I waited too long to reread this and I've slipped from where I want to be. So that yeah. one's had a huge impact. That, that one is so powerful. What book are you currently reading? I have just started. You've probably read it. I'm sure you have. It's Atomic Habits. It's yes, I have read that one. Summer. Yes, <laughs> I figured you would. But my best friend, she, we were calling and talking over the phone. She's like, oh, I got this book. I'm so excited. So I went to Barnes and Noble and got it. So I've barely started it, but that's what's on my night team. Yes. Well, and Habits, they're the building blocks of everything. So yes. Such a great thing to read about. Okay, what is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you? Well, a huge win is that I am full-time freelancing, which I never thought I would ever do (laughs) or would even be possible. So that's a surreal moment that I'm currently in is that 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 is my job. There is is no other job. There's just photography and social media and marketing. So... Well, and that is everything. I love that so much. That's so exciting. And I cannot wait to see where it takes you in the future. Because it's Thank going to be beautiful wherever so it is. I love it. I'm very excited. And I'm excited for you. So where can people go to find out more information about you and your work and see all of the amazing things that you do? Yes. Well, my website, estherellen.com, and it's E-L-L-Y-N, a little different spelling there, but that's where people can find my portfolio, a lot of my past work and chat with me if they're interested in any sort of creative project. And then I'm also on Instagram, love Instagram, estherellen.photo. 
And then also Facebook, same handle. And then they can always email me as well at elnphoto. Well, and as you can tell, Esther is just the sweetest person. So you want to chat with her or have any kind of creative project, she's definitely your girl. (laughs) You are so sweet, Carly. I have loved reconnecting with you. It's been so fun. Yes. And thank you so much for coming to share about all of your expertise on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Esther is seriously the sweetest, and I am so grateful to her for coming to share about her life on the podcast, her journey, everything she's learned. So much advice for those of us who maybe aren't super comfortable in front of the camera. And as someone who is so closely involved with social media, I think it's so interesting to have these conversations about a platform that certainly can inspire us to go after our goals and achieve great things and make great connections. It's certainly one of the ways I've been able to stay connected to Esther over the years, but it's also one that can have some potential pitfalls. And so it's so important to approach social media and everything else related to that so mindfully, whether you are a creator or just a consumer or however you use social media for yourself and in your own life. And it can certainly be an influence for good. And to find an example of that, we need to look no further than Esther and her brand and business. And I cannot wait to see all the things that lie ahead for Esther and all of us in the future. And with that, thanks for tuning in to the Resolve podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.